Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Steve Hammes, for those of you who don't know me. And we are going to continue week number three in our series. Who knows what the name of the series is? Hello, my name is... So week three in our series. And we have two, two goals for this series. And the first one, thus, the name tag is to be able to allow you to get to know other people. So I'm going to give you one minute. And over the past two weeks, you've had the chance to meet some people you don't know. But today, meet somebody else. So take a minute, run wherever you got to go to meet somebody you don't know, and just say, hi, my name is, and meet them. Ready? One, two, three, go. meet somebody new? Wow, you guys are way livelier than the 830 crowd. You must have had your coffee. So if you're like me, you would have met two or three people, and you're not going to remember any of their names. <laughs> so... I encourage you, write it down, because, man, you tell me your name, I'm going to remember one of the three, but um, I met some great people over the past couple of weeks. So hopefully next time you see them, you won't have to say hi, and you scoot by that awkwardness. So that was our first thing. We want you guys to be able to get to know somebody that you haven't met. And the second thing is we want to share in this series what God has put on the heart of leadership here at Shiloh. Um, we've been talking about our new vision statement to you. So, test. Does anybody remember? There's four components. Does anybody remember what the four are? What's the first one? No God. No God. You guys can cheat. It's right there. <laughs> no God. What's the second one? I can tell these guys are reading because you guys are quiet. <laughs> what's the third one? Discover a purpose. And what's the fourth one? Make a difference. Very good. You pass. So we started with the scripture that um, uh, Greg bought, and this is Paul when he, he planted a church. And Paul would write letters to the churches that he visited and that he planted. And this one, he doesn't write a letter to. He actually writes a prayer, which is not really common in the Bible. But he writes this prayer, and this is what we've kind of adopted here because it speaks volumes to what we want to do is in our vision. It says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. 
So he's asking God to give these people a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they can know God better, right? To know him. And Paul realized when he looked at these people that they were looking at their past. They were looking at all that bogged them down. And he wanted them to look forward. And he says, if you don't get your eyes enlightened, then you've got to find freedom to the hope for which he's called you. Isn't that awesome? He says, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You guys, all of us, we have a calling. Every single person in this room, you have a calling and you have a purpose in life. And having a calling and having hope are connected. And we'll get into this in a little bit. But you're never going to have hope in your life until you know why you're here. So there's two great days in your life. The first is the day that you're born. And the second is the day that you figure out why you were born. What you're here for, right? And so we're going to focus on the last two parts today. But let's review what we've done so far. So last week, if you haven't listened to it, Ed had an awesome message, message on the first two, Know God and Find Freedom. And he brought up one of our interns and brought him up here. And they sat here together. And Ed asked him what he knew about him. And he knew very little about Ed. And Ed knew very little about him. And then they sat there for like a minute. And they didn't say anything. And at the end of a minute, he asked, so what do you know about me? Do you know anything more? And he said, no. And he goes, I don't know anything more about you. And it was to illustrate knowing God. Sometimes we say we know God, and we know about him, but we don't know him. We don't really know him. And knowing God starts with this relationship with God. And then he went on to find freedoms. And this is when God helps us deal with all the stuff in our past, that he helps us settle our yesterdays and the things that hold you back. And we call that freedom, finding freedom. And then we want to talk today about discover your purpose because every person was born with a purpose. So you're not here just to exist and you're not here just to survive. You're here to do something that matters. And you can't do it if you don't discover it, right? So we're going to help. And then ultimately, and I believe this with all of my heart, if you truly want to live life and live it to the fullest, you're going to do something where you make a difference. So our vision, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So, how many of you guys would say that you know what your purpose in life is? And it's okay if you don't, but if you do, just raise your hand if you think you know what your purpose in life is. So you see some people don't and some people do, right? I went all the way till I was 46 years old before I figured out what I think my purpose in life is. And you know, I, I had an idea of what I could do, what I was good at. But I always thought as a Christian, I had to have something really cool, like a Christian thing, and I had to do that. And I, I could never figure out what that was. You know, do I have to have my own ministry? Do I have to build something? Do I have to be an evangelist? Do I have to do something out there to be a Christian? And I couldn't get my Christianity and my life to do this. They just wouldn't do it. And I was really confused for a long time how to do it. So let's talk about it. How do you discover your purpose? So there's three main ways that you can do it. And we're going to back this up with Scripture. But the first is, what are your gifts and what are your passion in life? In Romans 12, it says this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. 
If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You know, the cool thing is God gave each person in this room gifts, and he expects you to use them. Dave Misho gave you a gift. Jody, he gave you gifts. He gave you guys gifts. Eugene, he gave you gifts. Billy, he gave you gifts. But you might not be a Billy Graham, right? But he gave you gifts. Number two, your life experience. And I love this translation in the message because it's just kind of like how, how I think. But it says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Right? So your life experience, what you do every day, has purpose. And that's what we want to get to. Number three, your pain. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You know, Maddie Murphy, who usually sits right here, she shared with Greg, I didn't really discover my purpose until my husband died. And out of her pain, and a lot of you have been through a lot of pain. I was talking to a couple of guys after the first service here who've been homeless. And they've discovered out of their pain, they now have a purpose to minister to other people. Maddie has a purpose to minister to people who have lost loved ones. And it's awesome. I'm going to mention one that I don't have on the slides because I just thought of it this morning. But, you know, sometimes it's, you can get jealous of somebody who God is using more than you. And I've been there. It's like, how come, God, how come you're using them more than you're using me? What is it about them that you use them instead of me? And it's a carefully, it's, it's a trap that we can get into. And I'll tell you something. Sometimes people will tell you what they see in you before you see it yourself. And I give an example of that, just that I'm standing here because Ed and Greg said that they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. I have no desire to be up here in my natural because I get nervous, I get clammy, I get my heart goes. But they saw something else and I didn't see it. So when somebody says they see something in you, listen, because they'll often see it before you do. So we want to help you discover your, your purpose in life. And we're going to do that through some classes that we're going to mention in a little bit. It's called Growth Track. But Greg mentioned in week one, know God, find freedom, discover purpose. Those are all first downs in the football game. But the touchdown is when you make a difference. And why is that? Well, because, first thing, we were told by Jesus to make a difference. In Mark 16, 15, he says this, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to whole creation. We're supposed to proclaim the gospel. We're supposed to be making a difference. And then in Matthew 5.13, it says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are a light of the world. A city set on a hill can't be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under the basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. You see, it's personal. 
Whatever you're going to do, it's personal to you. You're not going to do somebody else's thing. It's your thing, and it's personal to each one of us. And then Ephesians, and I love this one. God has prepared good works for you to do in advance. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's pretty cool that you think God already set things for you to do. They're out there. We just have to walk in it. We just have to do it. So let me ask you a question. Say it out loud. How many of you guys can name a leader, somebody that you consider a leader? Just shout it out. Tom Brady. We got him first service. That's so, so good. Tom Brady. Who else? The president. Who else? Martin Luther. Who else? You came up twice, too. They said him in the first service. Wow. Greg, you're right. Greg's an awesome leader. Who else? George Washington. One more. Bethany Syverson? Bethany Syverson. Leaders. Great. Good examples. So now, shout out, what was the biggest factor that made him a leader? Charisma. Perseverance. Ingenuity. Determination. God. What? Passion. Vision. Great. All those things are good. Third question. Raise your hand. How many of you guys would consider yourself to be a leader? Raise your hand. (laughs) Right? All of you guys, every single person in this room, every single one of you is a leader. Every single one of you. Why? Why would I say that? Because leadership is nothing more than influence. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's the ability to influence people. And you all do that every single day. Every single person in this room. You guys in the very corner, you guys are leaders. Even people who don't know God, they're leaders because you influence somebody every day. And the touchdown is when you take your gifts and your passion and you use those gifts to serve other people, to influence people. Your leaders. So I know this is where some people will go, I don't think I like where you're going. <laughs> what are you going to ask me to do? What are you going to ask me to do? Because when we hear that, we, we tend to say, mm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Or we say, God's still working on me, and, and, and I'm not ready to do that. And most people look for a reason to disqualify themselves. And it's because they have the wrong view of leadership. They have a, a world view of leadership. And people say, I don't see it. So everybody's a leader. And leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. It's not dependent on your title. It's not dependent on your position or your natural ability. None of that. Leadership is dependent on people discovering their gifts and passions and then using those to make a difference in the lives of others. So I mentioned to you I was 46 years old before I figured it out. And I'm a goal guy, so I always like to put on on paper my goals, and I would list tons and tons of them. But over the years, as we got married, Karen and I, and we had kids, and all these things, I started to cross off the goals. Kids, kid one, kid two, kid three, house, business, 
you know, savings account, all those things. I started to cross them off. And there became a point that I just felt, now what? Now what? What do you do at this point in your life that fills that void? And so I set up a lunch with Ed, and, and I came and I told Ed this. I said, Ed, I, I go to Shiloh. I'm here, but I don't feel it. I don't feel, what do I do next? And Ed gave me advice that changed my life. He said, Steve, it's about people. It's all about people and relationships. And I don't like people. I don't don't like people. And that was a problem for me. I would rather do stuff alone rather than with people. But I took his advice and I made my life about people. And I found it's so true. If you make your life and what you do in life about people, it gives you purpose. You know, and if you look through the scriptures, you're going to find it's so true that God never used people who were talented. God didn't use people who had it all together. God didn't use people who were perfect. He, didn't, he always used people that had issues, the non-perfect people. He said to the guy, he said, you know what? I'm going to use you. You're, you stutter, and you murdered somebody, Moses. Let me use you. Oh, yeah. Let me use you, the person who kills Christians, Paul. Let me use you to write two-thirds in the New Testament. And let me use you. Let me use you, adulterer and a co-conspirator to murder David, to be a king. Let me use you. And why would he do that? Why would he use people who have so many screw-ups to use them? Because he wants to show you and me. He doesn't care what's on your resume. He doesn't care what you've done in your past, what your past is like. He wants to show you that he can use you to make a difference in the lives of other people if you'll let him. So don't measure yourself by how you see you. Measure yourself by how God sees you. He tells you all through his word how to look at yourself. So let's take a look at Moses just for a second. I think it's pretty funny that Moses talked back to God. If I saw a burning bush and it didn't, didn't go anywhere, I don't know, I think I should shut up. But Moses talked back to God. The first thing that he says when God asks to use him, he says, well, who am I? He had insecurity. Don't we all? Don't we all have insecurity? Who am I? Then he said, but, but what if they... What if they laugh at me, or, or what if they reject me, or what if they make fun of me? What if, what if they don't believe me? What if they, what if they? And he had fear, and he had to deal with that. Don't we all have fear? But if you're going to fear somebody, fear God, not man. And the third thing Moses said was this. He said, but, but I've, never, I've, I've never done that. Don't we all say that? I've never done that. And God is a champion. He's so good at making, putting on your heart to do something that you've never done before, and and it's scary. Now you know what's coming, don't you, Justin? (laughs) So this morning we had somebody call out on the worship team and and, and wasn't here to sing. And Justin's always back here on the bass. And Blake leans towards him and he goes, Hey, you want to lead the first song? Justin could have said, Who am I? I have never picked somebody else, whatever. But he didn't. He goes, okay. Justin moved up here, played his bass and sang, which is talent, and, and he knocked it out of the park, right? 
But then Blake upped the ante while we were in the second set for you guys. Right before he comes to Justin and he goes, you want to sing the other song? And it's like, man, you're getting sandbagged, buddy. <laughs> and he said, yes. So Justin stepped out in faith. He stepped out in faith, something that he hasn't done. What if they, what do they think about me? What if I don't do a good job? Who cares? Justin stepped out and he made a difference. And I'm so proud of him. That's, what, that's the thing God wants us to do. He's given him a gift and he called to use him this morning. And Justin stepped into it. And man, that's just awesome. God wants us to keep dependent upon him. That's what he does. He wants you to depend on him. Justin depended on him, right, right buddy? So it's, it's just awesome. And then Moses, the last thing he said was this. Why don't you use somebody else? He was reluctant, right? And how often would we say that, God, just use somebody else? <laughs> I wish you would, but we don't. So here's, here's what I think. I think that right now, God is speaking to some of you in this room. And I, and I think that he's stirring your heart. And I believe that he's saying, I've been sitting on the, you've been sitting on the sidelines for a while, and he's calling you to step out. And I don't want you to step back. I want you to step into it. I want to encourage you, step into it to make a difference, right? Because here's what your enemy is going to do. And this is what Satan is so good at. He'll try to keep you from that call on your life however he can. And he usually does it two ways. He's going to give you so many blessings, so many good things to keep you distracted so that you'll never step out and do something great for God. So it's either going to be through great things and possessions, or he's going to give you problems. And he's going to give you so many problems that you'll never step out and do something for great for God because you're saying, I've got to get this fixed first. I've got to pay my bills first. I've got to catch up on this. And, and I can't get involved in that because of problems. It's either going to be possessions or problems, one of the two. So I encourage you, beware. That's where he works. So you might say, I hear you, but how do I know what I do makes a difference? And it's the right type of difference. And I'll give you two words. Eternal difference. If it makes an eternal difference. You see, guys, if we take care of a lot of people, if we feed a lot of people, but we don't ever tell them about Jesus, we lose. If we help them out of their problems and we never help them get into heaven, we lose. If we ignore the problems around us and ignore situations around us and hope that somebody else steps up to the plate, we lose. You hear a lot about social justice nowadays. And the thing is that social justice and spiritual justice go hand in hand. You can't take care of all their physical needs and not tell them about Jesus. But we can't take care of all their, tell them all about Jesus and not take care of their physical needs. They go hand in hand in doing that. And that's why it's a joy to get to do what we do. You know, as a church on a Sunday, it takes probably 50 volunteers to pull off a Sunday. And you may be the parking lot attendant, and somebody who hasn't been to church in 15 years comes to church, and they step out, and you're the first person to greet them and say, how you doing? You never know the difference that you're going to make. You might be the barista at the coffee bar, and somebody comes in, and they, they're ducking people, so they're getting coffee. Haven't you ever done that? You don't want to talk to anybody, so you just be busy doing something, and you go get the coffee. That barista might say, how you doing today? And really mean it. And it might just be that turning point. You might be a Sunday school teacher with a little kid, and he's giving you all kinds of problems, and you just 
want to drop kick them, but you, this, this kid, you're pouring into their life. And, and I've heard stories that people remember something they learned in Sunday school 30 years ago, and it was a turning point. You never know your difference that you're going to make in somebody's life. This is what we have to realize is the people that don't know Jesus will spend their whole life trying to find him, to fill that void. They just can't figure out what it is. But once we find Jesus, we spend our whole life trying to make a difference for him. So I mentioned that we have this vision. Our eldership and leaders have a vision for Shiloh, where we want to go forward. But vision alone doesn't change a thing. It's when you take vision and you have a plan to execute it. That's what makes a difference. And this is what we're excited about. So we have overnighters. And Greg said it last week. His kids tease him about it. Mine do too. You know, you guys are going over. You can have a jammy party. And we do have a jammy party, but we don't have jammies. I, don't, I take that back. Can we strike that? We do not have a jammy party. <laughs> Sorry. But we do have an overnighter. And we spend a lot of time just listening to God. And praying. And one of these sentences, this, this thought was brought forward that really resonated with us. And it was strengthen your core so you can extend your reach. So if I'm going to lift something very heavy, I can lift it easy here. But if I'm going to, the further out I go with it, I need to have a strong core to be able to support that. And we really felt that Shiloh, as we're going to extend our reach and go out, we really wanted to strengthen our core all of us here. And, and that's vital to being able to do these four steps. So at the end of March, we're going to start uh, a process called growth, growth Track. And it's four classes that really drill down into each one of these components. Our goal is that everybody in Shiloh would go through these four classes. Um, we'll start them in the end of March, and then we'll go up to summer, and then we're going to start them again in the fall. And you're going to have an opportunity as part of these classes to become an owner of Shiloh and a member of Shiloh. And we know membership. Sometimes people go, eh, I don't want to be a member. And you're going to hear more about that. We'll get into that and we'll talk about that. But we really want you to do that. So here's where I think, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. You guys might resonate with it or not. But God just gave me this picture. And I get excited about this because I think this is the game changer for Shiloh and for you. So can you put that picture up? So this is a picture of, of a disaster that happened and they're passing out disaster relief supplies. So everybody's crowded around this truck, and they're going to give each person a box. And that person's going to take that box and leave and go home. And everybody in the back of the line is probably looking at that going, you know, that truck only holds so many boxes, and they're hoping that they're going to get it, right? We're doing the same process, but it's a little bit different. Our box is God. And God is going to give us each the ability to know him, the ability to find freedom, the ability to discover your purpose and to make a difference. But what we're going to do different is we're going to engage. Instead of leaving with the box, we're going to fill what we have from God and we're going to get that and be equipped. And then we're going to help others to get it. We're going to extend our reach. So some of you are going to get this. You're going to know your purpose. You're going to start acting in your purpose and you're going to serve in the church. And you're going to help us to do this. Some of you are going to want to go right on the front line. And you're going to want to go to the back. And you're going to want to tell people, when you get your box, don't go home. Stay here and engage. And help other people. And tell them, engage, do it. So you're going to be on the front line. Some people want to serve on the front line. Some people just want to be the support system and hand the boxes off the truck. But the more that we all get this, our reach 
And our ability to reach others will just go and go and go because everybody's engaged. Yeah? No? Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome when, when we do that. When we are, have, know what your gift is and you start to do it, life has purpose. And then God goes, oh yeah, I can do that. I can work with you. Get excited about that. That's awesome to work within the gifts that God gave you. So here's what I want to do. I just want you to take a minute and have a conversation with God because I truly believe there's some people in this room who have been sitting on the sidelines and the Holy Spirit's gone, you, you, I'm talking to you, but I just want you to talk. And just listen to God, just for, just for a minute. Just take a minute and listen. Emma, you have a purpose. Chris, you have a purpose. Billy, you have a purpose. Pam, you have a purpose. Joyce, you have a purpose. Megan, you have a purpose. I go around the room, all of you have a purpose. So Father God, I pray, Lord, I pray that you would just work on our hearts And for those that feel confused about what their purpose is, Lord, would you please enlighten them? We want to help too, Lord, so however we can help as Shiloh with our growth track classes, Lord, we just want to fill people, get them engaged, Lord. And help us to make a difference for you, God. Help us not to shy away. Help us not to pull back, but to engage and to go forward. You tell us, Lord, in your word that you'll equip us for every good work. So we're going to lean on that, Lord. We're going to trust it, and we're not too busy to be busy for you, Lord. We give you thanks, God. I pray for all my brothers and sisters that they'd go forth in this week, and everything that they do, that they put it before you, whether it's a conversation with a coworker, whether it's a decision to be made, whether they see somebody who just needs a hand, Lord, that we do it all for you and all for your glory. We give you praise. In your name we pray, amen. So if you'd like prayer, I'd love to pray with you. If you're a newcomer, and you haven't been to one of our newcomer lunches where you have the chance to see and hear about Shiloh, we invite you to go downstairs and come join us for lunch. Have a great week.